0: Hello, I'm Hannah McInnes, and I had the pleasure of attending the Cloisters Forum in June to interview some of its participants for a podcast series to discuss the complex issue of plastic pollution. The Cloisters Forum brings together thought leaders and decision makers in the Swiss Alps to inspire discussions and cultivate collaborations in order to tackle some of the world's most pressing
1: environmental challenges. I'm Nancy Wallace, and I'm the director of the Marine Debris Program at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in the United States. So we are the lead for addressing marine debris, both domestically within the United States, and then we also work internationally. How long have you been doing that for? I have been the director for eight years, and the program was established in 2006 by the U.S. Congress.
0: When you look around, do you feel a sense of optimism you're here There are a lot of people here showing willing. Do you feel more optimism than pessimism at the moment in 2019?
1: I feel like I always have to feel more optimistic than pessimistic in this job because I work on the issue every day. We're always looking for solutions. And the great part is we're always meeting new people that have new ideas, new technologies, new innovations that are helping to solve the problem. And within the last eight years, the attention to this issue has just grown exponentially so that people are aware that they have an impact on this issue and can actually do something is really optimistic. The problem is quite daunting, though, so there are moments of pessimism, but you can continue to work on that optimism. Tell me about the problem from your perspective. Well I work on the issue of marine debris so it's ocean plastics but it's even more than that so it's the lost fishing gear it's abandoned and derelict vessels but it's also the the straws and the bottles and the caps and the cigarette butts you know the things that we use in our everyday lives and so the problem is really just the amount of waste that we all generate and unfortunately it's not always taken care of we don't dispose of it properly we don't reuse it we don't recycle it it's used once in many times and then it ends up in our oceans and so it's it's a massive problem but there are also great solutions
0: who do you think who or what do you think is the biggest culprit? Where do you point the finger? Where does the butt land?
1: I think we're all the culprits. So I think individuals. Individuals. I mean, I think there is there's action that needs to happen at the government level, at industry level, at the at the local, city, state level, but also it really comes down to each individual person and what we have the ability to do. And that may be easier said than done in certain parts of the world where we have choices. In other parts of the world, we do need more infrastructure in terms of waste management. We need more government intervention. But the reality is we can all make choices about what we use every day. What would be your key
0: advice to people who are listening? Where can they start? People are showing willing. I know people are doing a lot, but there's always a way to get out of it. What are the things you should
1: absolutely consider non-negotiable? If it's something that's new to you, I would say start small. If you bite off more than you can chew, it, it, it could be too hard and you may not continue. So I always say do what you can to start bring that reusable bag to the grocery store always bring a reusable bottle you know try to think about the products that you may only use for a very short amount of time and see if you can eliminate using those that's a great place to start it builds your awareness and then you take more and more and more steps through your everyday life but I would say for everybody just start small and do one thing because it can actually make a pretty big difference so where are all the culprits
0: you're looking at marine debris who's who, again, what is suffering
1: the most and how? Well, I think it's there's lots of suffering, unfortunately. I mean, I work on ocean issues, so I always think about our natural resources in our oceans, our fish, our marine mammals, our birds that are ingesting this plastic um, and having real impacts. But then there's also massive economic impacts that we have to think about. And then there's the potential for human health impacts. It could be affecting all of us. So, you know, it's not just the fish in the ocean, which are critically important, but it's also how those particles those chemicals move through the food chain and could be affecting each and every one of us tell me more about that the food chain and how that's yeah and un- impacted unfortunately you know there's just so much plastic in our oceans and as it is there longer and longer breaks down into smaller and smaller pieces easier for our fish to ingest and unfortunately there's a lot of legacy pollutants in the ocean and those pollutants can adsorb onto those pieces of plastic and then as that plastic moves through the food chain we just don't know you know is that are those temi- chemical toxins excreted maybe um, if we don't eat the the stomachs of the fish are we getting those plastics maybe maybe not you know that's where the science really is we know there's an incredible abundance of plastic in the ocean. We know there's toxic chemicals associated with it. We know it's being ingested. The next question is what are the overall impacts? And that's where the science really is right now. So what's the day-to-day for you? Oh, I wish the day-to-day were more exciting. <laughs> the day-to-day for me is a lot of meetings and a lot of emails, but it's really about working with partners. Um, we fund a lot of projects. So we fund removal projects, we fund prevention projects, research projects. And I have staff that are positioned around the United States that work very directly with our local state partners, both industry, nonprofits, academics, um, and the, the municipalities to identify what specific actions in specific locations are going to be the most effective. And then, we try to provide funding to help implement those actions.
0: I feel like I, I'm sitting in the Swiss mountains and I haven't yet got political but when I hear someone, you know, passionately talking about the environment from America, I cannot help thinking that obviously you have a president who is making things
1: very hard for people like you. Is that the case? What I will say about this particular issue is it's really a bipartisan issue and the support that we've gotten over the past you know, few years, even through just budget, has been pretty incredible in terms of our ability to grow. In 2018, the Save Our Seas Act was passed by the U.S. Congress and that act reauthorized the marine debris program and showed the support. And it was passed unanimously in both the House and the Senate, which is is a bit of a rarity these days. Um, And it was signed into law by the president. So I think for this particular issue, it really is easy for anyone to say we don't want trash in our oceans. And so that's been a very positive thing. When you look at the next year or
0: five years, what do you see happening?
1: Well, I think because of the awareness that has just been explosive on this issue over the past few years, my hope is that the consciousness of individuals, this this message starts to seep in and everybody can recognize that they have the ability to do something. I think we're also going to continue to see investment in certain areas of the world around waste management infrastructure. I think we're going to see more in terms of policies that help reduce the impacts of marine plastics. And I think we're going to see just kind of this coming together of people saying, this is a big issue. We need to do something about it. It's very bad now, but it's not Insurmountable. I think we still have the opportunity to really make big impacts and change and help turn the tide on the issue. And I, I think that's coming. I can see it. You're
0: looking at oceans all over the globe. Are third world countries, poorer countries being
1: much more adversely affected? I think, you know, generally with environmental issues, that can be the case. Um, What I'm extremely excited about is the commitment by developing countries to address this issue. And that is a, a bit of a recent change. But I've been at meetings around the world where I've seen commitments being made by countries that have more challenges, Um, but they're standing up and saying, we are going to do something about this too, because it can be more impactful to countries that don't have the systems in place and can be more of a both economic hardship and potentially environmental from a human health and, and lifestyle impact. What I'd like to just end on is the fact that while this can seem like an overwhelming, daunting issue, and the solutions are not simple, they're different. You know, I think that's one thing we have to think about. It's not that we're gonna be able to ban all plastic, and I don't think that's the solution. I think we have to think about what items we may not need. I think we need to think about how to improve waste management, improve outreach and education, improve awareness, and do all of these things together, and that will help really make this um, a more tenable solution in terms of the overall impact.
0: Thank you very, very much. Sure, thank
1: you.